0: Welcome to another edition of Jackman Radio. I am very excited today. I am joined by podcaster extraordinaire, uh, comedian, and all-around legend, Mr. Jimmy Dora. Jimmy, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, my pleasure.
0: So, yeah, just getting into it. I guess one of the more recent things I, I watched was uh, an interview you did with uh, Dr. Cornell West. That's kind of been making the rounds. Um, you know, I've... I've been someone who's always who's tried to promote third parties. And it seems like you've, you know, obviously, after everything that happened with Bernie, you you, you like the idea of third parties. Um, what do you think? You know, what do you think Cornell's chances are, are looking like? I mean, is he do you think he'll be able to with the Green Party do better than a couple percentage points or what do you how do you think that looks?
1: Well, I think if he ran a coherent uh, a campaign with a coherent campaign message, he could do pretty well. He could, I think he could probably get 10% of the vote, maybe more. Um, and he could convince a lot of people who don't vote to vote. But he's bent on, uh, he's not really running for president. He's bent on campaigning for Joe Biden, which is what he did most of the time when he was on my show. He can't stop calling Trump a fascist, a neo fascist, and then he won't say the same thing about Biden. In fact, he uh, he smeared me over that. Right. So uh, uh, he's saying that Biden is the lesser of two evils. He's that's his mess. That was his message when he came on my show. That's not a great message. It's <laughs> not a great message, because now when I go out and tell people to vote for Cornell West, they say, no, Cornell West says you got to be afraid of fascism. I'm and sure. Joe Biden's a lesser of two evils." So I'm voting for Joe Biden because Cornell West said that. So I was trying to impress upon him that you you make people like me when I campaign for you, you make me look like an idiot. When you can't stop saying that about Joe Biden, that he's the lesser of two evil and Trump is fascism and we have to be afraid of fascism. You're making Joe Biden's case. And then when he goes on to talk about LGBTQ and his trans brothers and white supremacy, that's also Joe Biden's message. That's all they have. So he just sounds like a Democrat who's against the Ukraine war and he's not able to articulate as he couldn't on Anderson Cooper why he's against the Ukraine war. And uh, he was a lot nicer to Anderson Cooper than he was to me as Anderson Cooper's calling him crazy. Um, so I, I guess, you know, um, what what looks like is that, you know, Cornell West is too thin skinned, has too fragile of an ego, is incurious and is way out of touch. He doesn't care about what happened during COVID, isn't curious about it, went out of his way to disagree with me over it after he agreed with me. That's not what someone does when they're running for president. He's. It, um he's running. He sounds exactly like Joe Biden, except when he talks about Ukraine. So um, it's a real it's it's sad. It's depressing for me. Um, it's super depressing. I didn't realize how bad of a candidate he was bent on being. And it's not like that. Hey, everybody has blind spots. No, no I, I've got blind spots. Everybody has blind spots. That's why you're supposed to have advisors and you're supposed mm-hmm. to listen to people. And he's not he doesn't care. He's not interested in listening about anything. He's he's wanting to make sure the world knows he disagrees with me, that COVID isn't that important, and Joe Biden is a lesser of two evil, uh, and and that the people who oppose him are white supremacists. That's that, that's Joe Biden's message, and he can't help himself, and he doesn't understand how to—well, uh, he doesn't care to understand about how to organize. So he's been—you know, he spent 40 years in Ivory Towers and Harvard, Princeton— and, and Yale, where you know I'm, uh, where I have not. Well, that, let's just put it that way.
0: He was banged, in the Matrix Three too, which was cool. I,
1: I banged my head against the 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 blue collar wall my whole life uh, as a stand up comedian, as a as a, a masonry, as a bl- bricklayer. Uh, so I, I I'll put my bona fides to talk about class uh, up against anybody's, and. Uh, I was trying to help him inform him that your message is not landing uh, because you don't you're not leading with the unifying message. You're leading with Joe Biden's message. And if you don't stop it, no one's going to be able to support you. And I, how can I tell someone to go vote for Cornell West when Cornell West won't stop telling people that Joe Biden is the lesser of two evil. He is not a fascist and that he's his brother. You know, there's yeah, a saying a friend to all is a friend to none.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point, Jimmy. And I think, you know, two things there, the, the whole lesser of two evils trope is so tired and so it played out. It, it's so played out and infantile. And I, I, I hear that a lot from a lot of my liberal friends and, and self-described Democrats, especially in the past when I've talked about third party. Um, I like, you know, what, what Jesse Ventura said. He said, you know, if you're voting for the lesser of two evils, Jimmy, you're still voting for evil. You know, <laughs> why do I want fluoride in my water? I I never said that, Jimmy. <laughs> I ne- I ne- it, it, it. It caused a scullet to happen. I had a scullet because of the fluoride. I went to Area. F- Excuse me, Jimmy. I was in Vietnam. I went to Area Fifty One, and they. I, I said I want to see the UAPs. I want to see the biologics, and they said, "I'll arrest you on site." I said, "You, put a Governor, face down in the dirt." Well, uh, one more thing on the Cornell West, because I've always respected and admired and liked Cornell West, and one of my bucket list items is is to be called brother Mike by him. You know, it's brother Jimmy. It is endearing. You know, it it seems like you guys are old friends and. I I, I, I
1: I had i had a lot of affection for Cornel west it was really depressing and disappointing to see him smear me the same way they smear him by yeah. inferring, inferring that he's a secret trump supporter or helping trump That's the smear they give him. And then as soon as I got to his left, that's the smear he used on me when I was quoting black radical activists. It's black. uh, Black radical activists are the ones who said that Joe Biden is not the lesser of two evil. The Democrats are not the lesser of two evil, that they can get away with things that the Republicans can't. Right now, Joe Biden's saber rattling with two nuclear powers uh, (laughs) as he opens up the uh, uh, Alaska to drilling, as he's trying to privatize the water. Uh, and he won't, uh, you know, Trump at least did the step back. That's why Trump has 20% of uh, people say they're going to black uh, African-Americans say they're going to vote for Trump.
0: The Blacks love me, Jimmy. Okay. I do a great job with black. Okay. I had the, I had the platinum card with ice cube. We're doing next Friday. We're, we're even going to do a sequel to next Friday. It's going to be called Saturday and it's going to be tremendous. Quite frankly. <laughs> I do so well with black except for Omarosa. She's a big trader. She's a faker. But you're, you're so, right, though, Jimmy, you talk to a lot of people and, and they're going to they're going to pull the lever for Trump again. They don't care about the 91 indictments. And in fact, in Georgia, he, I think was, the D- he,
1: he was unable to see. Also, I tried to show him the connection between how the establishment now criminalizes anybody who step who opposes the establishment. So they did this to Trump. They used the same RICO statutes by RICO statutes were invented to go after the mafia. And now we're using it to prosecute former presidents. And then now they're using it to prosecute uh, Stop Cop City protesters, the same grand jury that indicted Trump, indicted Stop Cop Cities under the same RICO statute. And I was showing him this. I go, now do you get it? I I thought for sure he was going to go. Yes, I see. He wouldn't. He's like, no, I don't. He said, I'm comparing Stop Cop City protesters to Trump. I'm like, no, you not. It's I didn't say anything because I wasn't a Jew when they came for the trade unionists. I didn't say anything because I wasn't a trade unionist. So when they came for me, there was nobody left to say anything. So Mm -hmm. he he really was. I think he's pretending to be that obtuse to not see what is actually. Well, he still believes the Democratic lie about January 6th, that January 6th was some kind of insurrection, that a bunch of right wing Second Amendment gun nuts showed up at the Capitol with a plan to overthrow our government, except they forgot to bring their guns. isn't that weird nobody (laughs) brought a gun isn't that weird and so uh and then but there was certainly full of FBI infiltrators and provocateurs we know that for sure and uh and they were never prosecuted Uh, Ray Epps so he's he just repeats Democratic Party talking points he's not really and the only thing he's different it's nuts it's the it's I could not have scripted a worse campaign than he's running and it's heartbreaking. The guys at the Revolutionary Blackout Network feel the same way. They can't believe it. And he just hired someone straight from the Clinton Foundation in the Clinton campaign. The Dow, worst, Hillary right. Clinton's fucking henchman. The worst guy in the world. Everything he did was calculated. Everything he did was nefarious. And everything he did was for profit. Peter Dow. That's yeah. the guy who's now the campaign manager for Cornell West. That is a deal breaker for me. I'm sorry. I'm not going to vote for somebody directly from the Clinton campaign that especially someone who's personally smeared me and smeared everybody and third parties and everything else. If you can't see that Peter Dow is a direct infiltrator from the establishment and the DNC, then you're again, you're being willfully ignorant. And that I couldn't. Why not just pick Debbie Wasserman Schultz to be your campaign manager? It's nuts what he's doing. It doesn't make any sense. pain is over before it started. And it's a real heartbreaker. And it's depressing to me to see him to re, uh, to dip into gutter politics. I never would call him a Trump supporter. I would never say that he's a secret Trump supporter, even though everybody in the world, including Rob Reiner and the entire Democratic Party and Bernie Sanders are saying things similar to that. I wouldn't ever go into that gutter, but he went into that gutter against me at the at the drop of a hat. All I was doing was quoting black radical activists by saying that Joe Biden and the Democrats are not the lesser of two evil. And he made it sound like I was quoting some right winger. So he's out of touch. He doesn't know what's going on in the country right now. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know that his rhetoric has been co-opted by the establishment. White supremacy has been used against workers. LGBTQ is used to distract, divide, and keep us from organizing along class lines. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know that we already were living in fascism right now, and it was horrible during COVID. He doesn't understand that the lockdowns crushed workers, 41% of black workers. He doesn't understand that 70,000 workers in one state alone, healthcare workers, were fired for not taking a mandated vaccine. That He doesn't care about any of that stuff. He doesn't know about it, doesn't understand that the, they used fascism to, to censor people. That's the hallmark of fascists, that they censored around COVID, that they lied repeatedly. He doesn't even have a lie. that like, He called Fauci a paragon of integrity, and he still hasn't re- reversed that. And that's because the Green Party he's running with are just a bunch of shit libs, a bunch of Democrats who lead with LGBTQ white supremacy and COVID vaccines, uh, and they also Russiagated. The the Green Party Russiagated, which led directly to the Ukraine war. Why would they Russiagate themselves? Exactly what Cornell did. He's doing it to himself. He's so the. If you're in the Green Party, the establishment calls you Russian assets. Mm-hmm. So why, would you, why, if you're in the Green Party, why would you push Russiagate? Because the Green Party is infiltrated and co-opted by the CIA, and that is obvious. And so they have the message that actually props up the Democrats, just like Cornell's message right now is propping up the Democrats. The Green Party are infiltrated. They were uh, unbelievable COVIDians. The Black Caucus got it right about They said that COVID and the COVID policies are the— are the issue of the day and cornell west went out of his way to disagree with the black caucus of the green party and said it wasn't and that i and that people like me are uh were obsessed with a vaccine he, he doesn't know what happened during covid because it didn't affect him because he's lived in an ivory tower for 40 years
0: yeah and and you know seeing now jimmy with uh kind of what's been in the news for the last month you know especially after uh alex jones uh Talked about is in, I got an
2: insider at TSA. He's at the airports. Right. He's telling me that this is coming back, Jimmy. They're going to have mandates or they're going to have travel bans. It's going to happen. So
0: now I don't think as many people are going to go along with it this time. I mean, even people who I, I have, you know, friends. The first time around, they they went and got the, you know, but they're like, I regret doing that. I felt bullied. I, I was being attacked by uh, who I thought were friends, um, by family, and of course, like you said, employment. I mean, healthcare workers. You know, tens of thousands of health healthcare workers having that you know, dangled over their head and basically bullied in submission. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't think this time around they're, they're, they're going to go along with it. As many people are going. I hope not, man. I mean,
1: well, now we have the conclusive study uh, that I'm um, now I'm blanking on the name of the study, but well, we have the conclusive study done by the leading guy who does those kind of studies that masks don't work, that if you take 10 people and you mask them. And you take 10 people and you unmask them, just as many masked people get infected as unmasked people. And so that's called science, and that's called masks don't stop the spread of this virus. They never did, they always knew it didn't. But Fauci wanted people to wear masks because that's an advertisement for the vaccine. That's a scare tactic. Mm -hmm. And as Dr. Drew told me during the AIDS crisis, Fauci told Dr. Drew, that's how you control people. You have to use fear, fear, fear. And that's why he switched. He said at first, he followed the science. Fauci said masks don't wear, they actually have deleterious effects, unintended consequences. You end up touching your face a lot more. You ended up getting stuff on your mask. You end up breathing it in all day. It's not good for you. Don't do it. And then he switched and then he went by and he said, yeah, no, I was lying. When I said all that stuff. So if he really was lying, he's supposed to resign. How can you have the trust of the people when you're admitting that you just lied to them on an unbelievable scale? And so now yeah. now how can I ever tell when you're telling the truth? Well, the reason why he didn't have to resign is because he's lying at the behest of the establishment, Big Pharma, and, and the military industrial complex, which is why he was the most highest paid guy in the in the uh, government, because he was the head of their bioweapons program. People don't know that. And he's so been deified. Yeah. Yes. And so um it's just, it's, it's, I, I'm not going to, so the mask thing, now we have the, it, I think it's called the Cochrane study. It's conclusive. It doesn't, masks do not stop. Uh, and and even if you were an N95, you're supposed to get that fitted. They're not fitted for you. You're not wearing, and you're not supposed to wear them all day. That, mm. that, we, there's a new study out. I just tweeted it out that if you're going to breathe in way more carbon dioxide. And so that has lots of de- deleterious effects on your health. And we've known this. And so everybody, for, just like natural immunity, everybody forgot that natural immunity was a real thing during COVID. And it had to be explained to them by pothead comedian Joe Rogan on television to Dr. Sanjay Gupta that natural immunity is a real thing. And so now they finally admit, and now when they're taken to court, now they have to admit that, of of course, doctors legally are allowed to prescribe ivermectin and any other approved drug to treat COVID because that's called practicing medicine, and you can't stop that. That would be illegal. So now, then, they got taken to court. The FDA had to admit all that stuff they were saying about ivermectin was just propaganda and lies, like that it's for it's, it's horse paste and all that stuff, oh, yeah. and it's not for humans. And so they got. And so it's just amazing to me still, Eric, how people aren't upset that they were lied to on an unbelievable scale. They're still angry at the because pe- we're, a, a ch- we're a country full of adult children of alcoholics. We don't get mad at the guy who lied to us, Fauci, the president and the corporate media. We we're mad at the person who pointed out that we were being lied to. That's exactly what's happening. People are still angry at me for telling the truth about COVID. They never can point out one thing I got wrong about COVID because I didn't get anything wrong about it because I had Dr. Robert Malone on my show in June of 2021, and he explained everything about the leaky vaccine. You can't vaccinate your way out of this pandemic. We should have targeted but protection. That's what we always agreed on. He told me everything about this. He told me about ivermectin. He told me everything, and uh, apparently the rest of the country is a lot dumber than a pothead comedian YouTuber because they still don't know what the science is. They're still talking about vaccinating our way out of this. You better get. And they're still talking about wearing masks. It's nuts, uh, and they're doing it to children, and it's criminal. It's unbelievably criminal, and and nobody will. It's weird how like Cornel West isn't angry about it, right? You're not angry that you were lied to on an astronomical scale, and that they're injecting this stuff into babies. Babies who have a a less risk of COVID than they do from the flu, everybody knows that. Oh, you should know it, but they don't want to know it. They're incurious. And that's the thing that kills me is the incuriosity surrounding the COVID narrative. No one gives a shit that they were lied to and Mm -hmm. that fascism was implemented on them and that their businesses were crushed no one cares about those people no one cares about the 70,000 healthcare workers nobody cares about the 41% of black owned businesses that collapsed no one cares everyone acts like that's some kind of a fetish
0: right and then those businesses are never going to come back most right. of them and and it took generations to build those black businesses up and now they they've been eradicated and pushed back even further so th- yeah th- those are some of the real issues along w- with that narrative that i i agree i feel like it got ignored and during that time, man, I'm 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 a live and let live kind of guy, man. You want to go, you want to go get that Merck and Pfizer goodness. Go go ahead, go do it. But don't don't attack me for wanting to look into it deeper and be hesitant. You know, um, that's right. It just it just turned otherwise intelligent adults into like little little tyrants on the playground, running around shaming everybody, and it was just a performance art, really bad performance art and theater of the absurd. Well, it uh,
1: it made people turn on their own values. Like
0: our values
1: is supposed to. You're supposed to question authority and get informed and make your own decisions. Even even if with a regular doctor procedure, you're supposed to get a second opinion and then you get as informed as you can and you have to make that decision. It's your choice. which, Which doctor is correct? So, but, but all of a sudden during COVID, you were an idiot if you try to get informed about a medical treatment that you were taking. You were some kind of a right-wing trumper, redneck moron, and you're just supposed to follow authority. That's the opposite of what our values are. Our values are you always question authority, and you're always skeptical of the criminal big pharma and the criminal corrupted government. You're always supposed to have a healthy skepticism, and they shame people for doing that. Who's they? The corporate media, ubiquitously, even stand-up comedians. Every, every time I went into a comedy club, there'd be some asshole comic up there wagging their finger at people who didn't want to go along with authority, which is the opposite of what stand-up comedy is. You're supposed to point out where authority's lying. You're supposed to be skeptical and push back against the status quo. If you're a comedian and you're reinforcing the status quo, you're not doing comedy. You're doing propaganda, and you should probably go sell cars. But they're not going to go sell cars, and that's why stand-up comedy fucking sucks so hard right now, because all those assholes who did that aren't admitting that they were wrong where are all the comedians who you saw their specials that that was my next
0: point yeah
1: where are all those comedians now going hey i got it wrong hey that was i can't believe that i was lied to i can't believe i got tricked into shaming people for trying to get informed you're supposed to shame people for wanting to stay ignorant you're supposed to shame people for going along with authority you're not Mm -hmm. supposed to shame people for questioning authority and trying to get informed and where are those comedy where are those comedians saying that stuff now you know what they're talking about now they're talking
0: about dating yeah, they're not talking about much of any... Well, they're they're, uh, they're forming a, a podcast, you know, The, the Guild. Right, I mean, right. that was going to be my next question, Jimmy. I'm glad you went into that because I think even comedians were allowed to... Not that they were allowed to. Comedians were funnier, quicker after 9-11 happened. And I think COVID completely decimated comedy in a lot of ways. And they turned into propagandists. They turned into these kind of show... Uh, transparent charlatans who who were just basically fluffing up a narrative. And uh, I never found Colbert funny. actually the 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 best thing Colbert ever did was when he roasted George W. Bush at the correspondence dinner, but that was almost twenty years ago.
1: I liked you know, his. I thought his show, that character he played on that show, was really brilliant. I really do. And the Colbert Report, the problem is now that he's hosting the Late Show on CBS, he became that character. He's a propagandist who repeats establishment talking points with, without thinking about them. It's really sad to see. It is I, sad. He he became the thing he used to lampoon.
0: You know, we we used to have comics like Mort Saul, and uh, who who you kind of remind me of, and and. Or George Carlin and uh, Bill Hicks, um, another favorite, and uh, Dick Gregory, man. I watched a great documentary about Dick Gregory. Um, did you ever meet him or work with him?
1: No, I've not, never had the pleasure. No, it was uh, that's a bummer.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, comics who are – and even even back to Cornel West, he said on Rogan, oh, comedians are the vanguard of the species. It's like, <laughs> you know, yeah, why is it taking uh, certain uh, independent – but who
1: won't listen to comedians when they have – do you think he would listen to Joe Rogan talk about COVID? Do you think he'd listen to Jimmy Dore talk about messaging? Do you think he'd listen to Jimmy Dore to quick talk? It's a repeating Democratic Party talking points and Joe Biden's campaign slogan. If you would stop doing that, people would be a little bit more interested in your campaign. But he's not hes not interested in not doing that. Also, he's not interested in learning about anything that he's not, or doesn't already think he has a stranglehold on. He doesn't know anything about the WHO. He doesn't know anything about the WEF. He doesn't know anything about the dangers of digital courtesy. And the, as RFK puts it, the, the, now we're living in a lot. Uh, uh, what is it called? Latchkey authoritarianism. They can just turn off your 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 finances and your bank account, and you're screwed. It's like and a social
0: credit score. It's like
1: they have no. He has no interest in learning about it, hearing about it. He won't even. He won't even say anything about Dr. Fauci. He's. It's. It's really. It, it is the most anemic, weirdest most backwards campaign I've ever seen. I don't understand what he gets out of it. And he's making his supporters look like idiots, people like me. When I go out there and tell people to vote for him and they go, Cornell says that Donald Trump's a fascist and Joe Biden is the lesser of two evil. Why would I vote for Cornell West and hand this to Trump? That's what people say back and that's what makes it. And and so it's not a coherent strategy. It's a, it's a losing strategy, and it's like he wants to do it on purpose. And now we're all discovering that Cornell West is very thin-skinned and has a
0: very delicate ego. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a lot of ways, and you see it every cycle. Um, I, I some of the best, maybe call it theater or en- entertainment, maybe just content was uh, Rand Paul grilling Fauci in the last couple of years at those hearings. Hundred percent. We got to
1: see. We got to see Fauci lie at least two times to Congress. Seen squirm. Yeah. At least two times when he said they didn't fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan, and of course they did. In fact, even the NIH came out and admitted that they did. And uh, now Fauci lied twice to Congress, but of course he'll not be prosecuted for that because he lied at the behest of the establishment. So there's never when you when you do a crime at the behest of the establishment, there's never anybody there to prosecute you. Just like when Dick Cheney and George Bush. Uh, ordered a torture program to cover up an illegal war they lied us into, Barack Obama was supposed to prosecute them. Except Barack Obama works for the same people that Dick Cheney and George Bush works for, meaning the military industrial complex and Wall Street. So he's not going to, they're all on the same team. His donors don't want him to prosecute them because George Bush and Dick Cheney were doing the bidding of the donors when they did that stuff. And so they didn't get prosecuted. But here we are prosecuting a former presidency under RICO statutes it's it's it's, it's yeah. an and so and, and when cornell couldn't see it he couldn't see that either it's
0: yeah it's, it's cartoonish
1: almost, it's it's
0: cartoonish it is cartoonish it is i i agree and i've 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 kind of made a similar point too to, to people who were i thought correctly correctly so against bush and cheney and the iraq war are now those people are cheerleaders for what's going on and they 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 think uh Putin is Hitler, and and uh, we have right. to def- we have to defeat them. Meanwhile, we've allowed essentially th- probably three to four hundred thousand Ukrainians be killed needlessly in this meat grinder. And like you mentioned before, Biden's you know tipping us towards a nuclear confrontation. And now you got you got Rocketman and Putin meeting together yesterday in, in Russia. Did you see that he took the train in? Uh, I didn't see that. No. Yeah. So they they met and uh, they're discussing an arms deal. So. What this does is it pushes you know the countries those countries closer closer together it pushes uh you know china and russia closer together and i don't i don't know how many more off-ramps we're going to have i mean this is the big issue that we really should be upset about and united behind and uh you know to your point earlier we're arguing about you know basically semantics and and theater and uh a lot of distraction but
1: well, um, people need to understand that when we're talking about LGBTQ, when we're talking about uh, white supremacy, we're doing the bidding of the Democratic Party. And, uh, you know, if you organize along class lines, like when 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 Christian Smalls organized a union against Jeff Bezos and Amazon on Staten Island, he did with a bunch of right wing Trumper voters. And when they organized, they now have power And that power empowers everybody. It empowers black people. It empowers white people and brown people and yellow people. It empowers LGBTQ people and trans people. It empowers everybody. It gives them more power when you organize along class lines. When you divide yourself up into identity politics, well, I'm non-binary. I'm this. I'm trans. I'm black. I'm white. It takes away all your power. And so if you organize along class lines, that's the only thing that the establishment actually fears. And that's why they want to divide us and stop us. And Cornel West is carrying water for that message because he repeats that message and he can't help himself.
0: I mean, that's kind of what Robert Kennedy did in 68, you know, just before he was killed. You know, he he had uh, effectively united the country by winning multiple states, you know, places.
1: So when when uh, when Martin Luther King got killed, he was uh, organizing a march on Washington. It was called what? It was called the Poor People's Campaign. Wasn't it called the poor? It wasn't called the black people's poor, black poor people's campaign or the black people's poor campaign against white supremacy. It was just called the poor people's. I'm correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm just speaking out of memory.
0: Yeah. He, well, he, I think he organized a group of sanitation workers. Uh, but yeah, he, the, the poorest people campaign, uh, was, uh, poor people's campaign. I believe that's what it was called. And, um, I'm yeah, I mean, but he was also, he became, you know, virulently anti-war around that time, too, a couple years before. He was speaking out against Vietnam, and uh, it just seems like anybody who's going to run or be in a position of a little bit of power or have a platform, the minute they start talking about bigger issues that could potentially unite the country, like shutting these wars down, they uh, they get smeared and attacked or, or um, you know, taken out, so... Uh, on the Libertarian side, I see Josh Smith is running. Have you been following his campaign at all or any no, other I third? Who, I don't know who that is. So he was the, I think he was the head of the Mises Caucus. Uh, he was He's friends with um, Clint, who you've podcasted with, Clint Russell, and uh, Dave Smith, I believe. So he's running. I'm, I'm hoping to have him on sometime I soon.
1: Love, I, I'm a big fan of Dave Smith,
0: yeah. Yeah, you guys had some great chats. I want to see more chats like that because I there's a lot of the libertarian platform that I um, that I think is you know I would agree with and it, it's right on. But I'm I'm with you on healthcare, Jimmy. I really feel like we could have could could have done something with healthcare in this country, and uh, we've missed the mark on that. So I don't know, I don't know going forward. Where, where do you think?
1: COVID scared the hell out of a lot of people um uh and made them afraid of medicare for all because they think well then the government can force you to get a jab and if you don't get it they'll take away your health care uh they already did that they already forced you to get a jab or you couldn't travel or go to work or mm-hmm. they already did that and right now it's the reason why they were able to do that wasn't because the government wanted to do that it was because the people who control the government wanted the government to do that and that's big pharma so my big idea is to take a big pharma and a healthcare uh guy, a health insurance guy out from in between me and my doctor. And if you take the capitalists out from in between me me and my doctor, now it's just a government guy that I can vote in or out. I can't vote in or out the capitalist who owns the government guy, but I can vote in or out the guy who owns who runs the government. And so I want to get the capitalist, that's what I'm trying to explain to people. Right now, the problem isn't government. The problem is capitalists own the government and they're dictating to the government. And if we can get the capitalists out of our health care, we could have more of a pure form of healthcare. People who are on Medicare have always loved Medicare. Medicare was was implemented in 1968. 33% of the senior citizens in America in 1968 lived in poverty. Ten years later, after they introduced Medicare, that number had fallen to 11%. That's an unbelievable success. Nobody I know who has Medicare complains about their Medicare the way people complain about Blue Cross and Cigna and Aetna. There's no doubt the way Blue Cross makes money is denying you treatment that's not the same thing for medicare the guy in the government doesn't have a doesn't have a financial incentive to deny you care like a private health insurance company and now because of covid i got to make these arguments all over again people were ready for government because they do see how medicare actually does work but now covid scared the hell out of everybody because of the crazy authoritarianism that was embraced by both parties
0: Yes. And if you do want that option, you know, the, the, the health care for all, um, you can you can do that or you can, you know, go pay for another system or another option. So it's not, you know, you're, you're kind of saying you're not going to be forced into one um, one type of solution. You'll, you should have options. And yeah, take take the middleman out. I mean, I think every member of Congress has what, like 100 dedicated lobbyists, full time lobbyists lobbying them on multitude of issues, not just uh the pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies and and and, uh you know the war racketeers but all kinds of other um issues so regular people like us you know uh trying to lobby or advocate it's like throwing a little you know pebble into the ocean so yeah it's 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 unfortunate and the democratic party has really dropped the ball on that and uh that i think a lot of that blew up in their face after the whole roe v wade debacle and um i don't know yeah i don't i don't i mean today the DNC's having their meeting there and I, I think uh, we're keeping an eye on that as to what they're going to do with the primaries I'm here in New Hampshire and they're uh, they do not want RFK jr uh, on the ballot they don't they don't want New Hampshire to go first they want to punish New Hampshire so and I think Dem-
1: so the Democrats want to kick RFK jr out of the primary and here's why because they think RFK jr if he ran as an independent would take more votes from Trump than he would from Joe Biden, that's their calculation right now, and I think that uh, if RFK Jr. ran as an independent, sense of actually winning.
0: Uh, I think so
1: too, and uh, because he would in- inspire the people who don't vote, and th- th- that's the that's the biggest voting block, and then the next biggest voting block are independents. Right now, Cornell West is not running as an independent; he's running, he's campaigning for Joe Biden most of the time. And he's undermining his the own ra- his own rationale for voting for him constantly. So, Uh-oh. I I would I would hope that someone else would run third party that has a coherent message that we could use to stick it to the establishment. And you know, my thing, my, I I say what Ralph Nader used to say, is that it doesn't matter if you can win; it matters that if you can have enough power to become a kingmaker. If if uh, RFK or Cornell West get ran as an independent and they would get 10% of the vote. Now they're the kingmaker. Now nobody can get elected without your blessing and now you can make demands and now you mm-hmm. can do things and now you'll have a movement that you could ask to get in the streets and shut shit down if they don't uh fulfill their promises to take to take your issue seriously. So uh I think that's a big winning message. I think if um so do you do you agree with that? The Democrats want RFK Junior. to run a third party independent because they think he'll take more votes from Trump, right?
0: I think that that's a possible strategy that they're that they're probably thinking about. But also, I mean, I kind of agree that he could, he could potentially win, or he I think he could even get twenty or thirty points similar to what happened in uh, ninety two with Ross Perot. Well, if he it, got
1: if he got on a debate stage, right, um, with Joe, with with Joe Biden and Trump,
0: no I question, think he would win. Yeah. So it's interesting. So Bobby did an event last night here in New Hampshire um, at former Senator Scott Brown's house, and uh, over 1,200 people showed up. It was the largest crowd for this barbecue, backyard barbecue event that Scott Brown does. And typically they have Republicans, but he invites everybody. And I think the argument that a lot of Democrats use to try and smear Bobby and call him a, a Republican or a secret Republican, doesn't, it doesn't hold water. He's a lifelong Democrat and what happened is the party went crazy and moved in another direction he never changed he's always been consistent on on the big issues the democratic
1: party is a right wing party if oh, tradi- it's a mafia the dnc's a mafia now in traditional terms they're right wing and traditional right wing used to mean that they were anti-worker and pro-war and that's what the democratic party is they're anti-worker and pro-war so now the, the thing that weird thing is right wingers are anti-war right <laughs>
0: Most most of the anti-war people in Congress are right-wing. Matt Gaetz is like, he's right right about Ukraine. Him and Marjorie Taylor Greene are right about Ukraine, in my opinion. You know?
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. And it's, uh, uh, now I'm blanking on Thomas Massey. No, I'm blanking on the, there was uh, Frederick Douglass who said, I'll join with anyone to do good and no one to do wrong. And that's how I feel about uh, all, all politics right now. I'll join with anyone to do good. If, you, if you're if you against the Ukraine war, I'll join with you. Yeah. If, if, you, if you're against imperialism, if you want to end NATO, I'll join with you. If you want to um, get health care to people, I'll join with you. I don't care if it's Newt Gingrich or Mitt Romney. I don't care who it is. If you're for uh, Medicare for all, I'll join with you. If you're against the uh, Ukraine war and the war machine, I'll, I don't care who it is. If, if all of a sudden Newt Gingrich and Mitt Romney came out and said that they were against NATO and against the war machine, I'd be with them. Join. Let's do it. That's how you organize. That's how you do
0: it. You build a coalition. Yeah. I don't think we would see somebody like uh, Auntie Lindsey Graham, though. I don't know if you saw him over there with Zelensky. He was yeah, like, it's the best money we ever spent, Jimmy. They're all going <laughs> to die. Oh, oh, they're all going to die. <laughs> it's
1: like, ooh,
0: it makes your skin crawl. I, you know, but uh, yeah, I think it's coalition building I, and I also think it's being able to talk to people you disagree with and I think we've largely lost that in this country. The media tries to promote that as well as the government that we disagree with each other so therefore you're my enemy. I've never agreed with that concept. I mean I, I was uh, man I, I supported Ron Paul, I supported Jill Stein. I, I've my big thing has always been are you anti-war who's the most anti-war candidate? because I came from the 9/11 generation you know, we just had the anniversary. You know, I watched that happen when I was a freshman in high school and then saw friends sign up a couple years later for Iraq. They sold that. Um, So I really felt like there was, there wasn't a really bigger issue for, you know, implications for the entire world than uh, shutting these wars down. And um, yeah, that's been marginalized. But I think if you can bring people together all across the country and these politicians stop ignoring the flyover states and, and just promoting the coast, like that's, the coast is not our whole country, obviously. Um, yeah, you can see more people come together because when you just talk to regular people out and about, Jimmy, they have the same concerns. Man, most of us just live paycheck to paycheck. I don't have insurance myself. So, you know, these are real issues I think that can unite people, but they don't want that happening. And I think that Bobby could do that, man. He could build the coalition because a lot of the events I've gone to, I've talked to people and kind of canvassed them and... You know, some of them are former Republicans or even former Trump voters. Some of them voted for Obama and became disenchanted with that, and they're they're very interested in Bobby. So I think he could be he could be a uh, a figure that brings a large coalition together. And I think they're really worried about him. I think they're more worried about him than they're letting on. They're they're tr- doing what well, they can. To tr- the, tr-
1: the digital currency is coming. Uh, the the G twenty just met, and they're they're it's coming. The digital currency is on its way uh joe biden's pushing it uh so i i I, it would be nice to see a presidential campaign raise people's consciousness about this it would be good to see people get informed about what they're actually doing at the who and what they're doing at the wef and how they're using uh digital currency and how they're going to use it to control us and nobody even And, of course, you can't even talk about what happened to the truckers because they've been so vilified. You know, the truckers in Canada were vaccinated at a higher rate than the general population. They weren't protesting medicine. They were protesting bullshit authoritarianism, and they were right. But, of course, the corporate press paints them as white supremacists. And that's why I keep telling Cornel West, you know, when you say that, nobody knows what you're talking about. And it just sounds like you're a Democrat smearing your opponents because that's what the Democrats do. Anybody who goes against the Democrats now are called white supremacists, right? So if you said that the, you said that the virus came from a lab in Wuhan instead of an animal, you were called a white supremacist. If you said that there was a uh, uh, that natural immunity was a real thing that you were called a white supremacist. So they can't everybody is a white supremacist to the Democrats and and they use that to to divide workers. And Cornell West cannot help but prop up that
0: message. So do you, do you kind of, do you go back and forth, Jimmy, between being black-pilled and clown-pilled? I call it honk-pilled, you know, where you maybe, you, you understand the darkness of the world. But, I mean, if you dwell on it all the time, you're just going to be, you know, beating your head against the wall and upset. But if you're honk-pilled, you know that it's going on and you can still find enjoyment in life. And I think that's a great thing that you can mix comedy and politics with, that you do so well.
1: Well, I never heard that term before. Honk, honk, pilled Yeah,
0: honk like a you know like a clown horn. Honk, you know. Oh, your hon- oh okay, I got I, it. Sometimes I, I call my identifies honk pilled Sometimes Jimmy. You oh, know, I, thought, be- I,
1: thought, I thought that was sh- uh, short for honky. <laughs> uh, what does black pilled mean?
0: Black pill's kind of like, you know, uh, for a lot of people. I guess of my generation, you know, millennials, maybe older millennials who, who are probably never going to get a house, who live paycheck to paycheck. Um, who have worked hard you know only to see billions of dollars go over to you know the, the wars um, you're just like oh, f everything man what's the point why even try uh, and kind of defeat us that's kind of black pilled I think that's a little morbid I think there's some truth to it but that's kind of what that means whereas honk pilled is you can understand what's going on in the world but still value the time you have here and try to be happy and, and have as much fun as you can and be with family and friends because um, life is so short so okay. it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, philosophy. Let's see, okay. we got a chat here though. Jimmy, we'll do a couple chats. We got a few more minutes with you. Sure. Klaus Votney, John Vossi, Pros. I can i even. He says, Jimmy, please interview James Roguski about the WHO and their agenda going forward. He is one of the best journalists on the topic. I've never heard of him. Have
1: you? And then, let me no, let me look him up. Let me see James Roguski. James? Roguski. Let's see what he's Uh, on. Yeah, here it is. Right on YouTube. Okay, there you go. Lil. Okay. He's on. He's also. I guess he was interviewed by uh Dr. John Campbell, who I feature on my show a lot. It's funny how guys like Dr. John Campbell. It's funny, like I'll have I'll have presidential candidates on my show but then there's guys who, people who don't wanna be associated with me, right? I I know, I know. Dr. John Campbell. And I remember, um, so once he started telling the truth about COVID, I I was out in front before he was, and I invited him on my show and he never returned my emails, pretends I don't exist. And then when when he started telling the truth about COVID, of course his Wikipedia page now calls him a conspiracy theorist and a medical misinformer. And so I contacted him again, and I said, "Hey, not that your Wikipedia page looks as bad as mine. You think you might want to come on my show?" Still, silence. That's so he hilarious. Still pretends I'm not doing great work on COVID, but uh, but get, that's up to. Good for him. I'm glad he's doing the work he's doing, and uh, it it. Uh, but it's I ju- I hope he knows it hurts my feelings.
2: Yeah, be be nice to Jimmy. Look, me and Jimmy healed. Okay, we were at the RNC a couple of years ago, and we, uh, he may have you may, Jimmy. You may have thrown some water. I'm not going to say you spit it at me, but there was a there was a, there was a liquid projectile, Jimmy, uh, when you and Triggerly Puff were running around. Uh, we healed. Me and Jimmy have healed. He came down to Austin. We went to the gun range. We got some barbecue together. We did it. We did it. We did a, we did a, we did a uh, Naked Sound with Q and Mike Pence and Steve Barchanic. It was great, folks. All right, we got
1: another. You do a great but, Alex Jones. That's really, really nail it.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Emmerich, you know, for, I said, my, his middle name is Emmerich, which is high German. You know, it's a high, wow. high, it's a high German name. Emmerich. I say, uh, my quote is first they came for Emmerich 2018 when they deplatformed him and, and took took him off of everything. It's like, to your, to your point earlier, they're going to come for you next. So no,
1: I don't, I, I don't, that. I never
0: I, cheer censorship for anybody. Like, I, let's get it all out there and have a, have a debate.
1: When I was at the Young Turks, they were all cheering on censoring Alex Jones, and I got in heated arguments on camera over it. And I couldn't believe that an independent news show that claims to be anti-establishment was cheering on another independent news show for being censored because of things that they said. And uh, I told them, you know, this is going to come back to bite you. Of course. Well, of course, it's not going to bite the Young Turks because they never actually go against the establishment. They're funded by the establishment. Didn't they get and millions of
2: dollars from some
1: big group? Jimmy 20, gave. Them? They got twenty-four million dollars from right wingers and DNC donors. That's who That's they, they got that money from.
0: Amazing.
1: And and yeah. they and so anyway, uh, yeah. So I, it went from censoring Alex Jones to then censoring the leading doctors and scientists in their field, then to censoring the former president of the United States. Like, holy shit. You, and half the country loves it. Half the country, oh. they want them to censor more. It's So that old saying that the cost of, I think it was Benjamin Franklin, somebody, somebody one of our founders said, uh, uh, the cost of liberty is eternal vigilance. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, come on. Well, now I get it. I get it. It There's always half the country is at least willing to take away and give up our freedoms because they really don't give a shit about freedom of speech. You know, they don't have freedom of speech in Canada. We we have that here. But a lot of people apparently are upset about it and they Mm -hmm. want They want other people censored, not them, because they know what the real truth is, but they want everybody else who they disagree with censored. So we have to fight back against that.
0: And Yeah, that, uh, Jim, smug it, patern- that smug paternalistic neo-lib kind of deal. Um, yeah. It's tired. It's not funny. They're not really the authorities. They don't really know much. A lot of them are actually really stupid, Jimmy. I've of course. Kind of come to find out. They don't really read a lot. Oh, gullible.
1: They're, they're, yeah. gullible. And they, they're gullible, and they
0: always defer to uh, authority. All right, one more chat here uh, from Klaus because you threw us some, some money. Jackman, jeez, you're having me pitch. Please pitch the John Lennon murder. Oh, uh, this is David Whalen. David Whelan's research on how Lennon was shot in the breast, not in the back.
1: Well, what I'm is sure. it? And so how, why does that matter?
0: Well, so actually I had this guy on my podcast, David Whalen. He's got a book coming out and a documentary that's going to be called Give Me Some Truth. And he spent the last three years examining the Lennon assassination. And officially Mark David Chapman shot Lennon from behind, in the back, you know, from behind him maybe 20, 25 feet at the Dakota. Um, really. Uh, according actually, the official version, yeah, the the uh, basically the official version is it was just Chapman. It was one caliber of uh, bullets. um But actually, when you look at the autopsy, and you look at some of the medical documents, and you this you you watch and listen to the testimony from nurses and medical people who were who first tried to do life saving procedures for John Lennon, and then subsequently had to, you know, clean him up and and wrap the body. They said that he was actually shot in the chest, in the front, and it was a, a cluster. It was like a, almost like a professional-looking grouping of shots in the front. So, so that would be mean-
1: oh, so the so the idea is that, that uh, Chapman is just a cover story for somebody putting a hit out on him.
0: Yeah, that's that's what it seems like. And we, Whelan's dug up some pretty interesting stuff. And uh, well, who, a- who who would kill him? Is it the usual suspects—the CIA, the FBI? Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, probably the deep state, Jimmy. You know, I, I think they were more Paul fans, I think is what it was. They were they were they were uh they were disenchanted Paul McCartney fans and uh they, they saw Lennon making a comeback and they just couldn't have it. No. But,
0: uh, John is uh who's your favorite Beatle, Jimmy? Mine's John. I, I don't I never
1: thought about it that I had a favorite Beatle before. Um I I don't I don't I don't know. I I never looked into I don't know much. I don't know that much about the Beatles. I've heard I heard some shit about John Lennon, that he was a bit of a domestic abuser. Did
0: you ever hear that? I have heard that. Yeah, that he um, but that he hit his wife, Cynthia. I have heard that and that he as a youth was kind of violent. I mean, his mother got run over and killed by an off duty police officer when he was 15. And he kind of came up. He was raised by his aunt, came up in kind of the kind of the rough and tumble in Liverpool and uh, got into fights and had a bit of an edge. So, you know, doesn't. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned that, right, this renowned peace activist. But I think he had matured and grown a lot as a human being from like 30, 35 to 40 Um, because, you know, when he was running around with the Beatles, he was really just a kid living in a bubble. Your brain is not fully formed until you're 25. Did you know that? Yeah, I I heard that recently, and it makes a lot of sense because I think back to a lot of the stuff that I was saying and doing in my 20s, and it's cringe.
1: I said a lot of stupid and did a lot of stupid shit when I was younger.
0: You know, I used to be kind of an angry atheist, Jimmy, and I still don't necessarily know that I believe in God and I'm not really a fan of religion, but people who are religious and believe in it um, shouldn't shouldn't be mocked or attacked for what they believe in. Right. You see a lot of atheists, they end up doing that. They They become an evangelical atheist and they end up becoming what they say that they disavow. So I moved away from that after my 20s and now it's like man believe whatever you want to believe live and let live. But we've gone 50 minutes I want to be respectful of your time. Okay, well uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Good luck. Yeah, I had, thank you Jimmy. Great time talking to you and uh, everybody watch the Jimmy Door show. Now, uh,
1: are you out on the road? Are are you traveling with the are you doing anything? Uh, no, I'm I'm in New
0: Hampshire. I'm New Hampshire based. Okay.
1: So. Maybe I'll see. Maybe we'll see. I'll try to book a gig up in New Hampshire. What's the big What's the big cities in New Hampshire?
0: Uh, there's Manchester, actually, where you did you did trivia with um, my brother Eric with the Tulsi campaign a couple of years oh, back. You, you guys You guys went to the uh, Indian restaurant and did trivia and. Uh, right. Okay. Tulsi's I campaign. got you. Yeah, Manchester and Concord are the two big cities. So there's some uh, there's I wish some t- venues.
1: Yeah, I wish Tulsi would uh, run again.
0: Yeah, man, I, I kind of feel like she might be testing out a cabinet post or VP waters, but I, I don't know. What do, what do you think? Do you think she's she's got a book coming out? I know that.
1: I don't agree with T- Tulsi on everything, right? Um, I, but I think she's it, her clarity on the war machine is is much needed, even though she's a part of it, which is wild, right?
0: She's right. She's active duty.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I made. I remember I made the point to her like. Aren't you afraid that you make military service sexy and that you're going to get other people to join up for these illegal wars? And I, I don't remember what she said back to that, but um, she said,
0: Alo- aloha, Jimmy. Uh,
1: so, I mean, I, can, I so I could dis- just, but, you know, um, I, I, I really think Tulsi is a person of integrity.
0: I do. I know she is. I know Tulsi. She is. She yeah, uh, Eric, my brother and I spent a lot of time with her last time around, and she really cares about people. She listens. I, uh-huh,
1: yes. And I think that, uh, you know, I, like what people would say, yeah, to me, that. Yeah, but Jimmy, she's for the drone war program, which kills mostly innocent people. And then I would say, yeah, I know, I oppose her on that, so why don't we try to pull her left on that, right? Exactly. Like, she's the only person who's telling the truth about the, uh, the war machine. So don't you want to embrace that, and then we'll try to pull her left on the rest?
0: Let's that's work how, on it.
1: That's how I that's how I looked at it. And people try to lie and say that she abandoned Medicare for all, and she didn't. That's a lie. They use that to smear me. They go, "Oh, you Jimmy Dore doesn't believe in Medicare for all because he supported Tulsi, and she didn't support it. She's one hundred percent supported Medicare for all. She had a different plan than Bernie's. That's all. And her her plan was based on uh, the Australian model." which some some uh, uh, surveys ranked it in the top 10 of um, health care plans in the world so um it's certainly better than ours anyway so that's jones so don't let people do that to tulsi smear no. and let's remember why everybody hated her uh who formerly loved her it was because she was running against bernie sanders and they didn't want her to and so they just smear her like they do everybody like peter dow does and they just did that to her and, uh, and she was also against the war. So it made it easy for the establishment corporate media to, to vilify her. And so that's what happened. She's It's because she actually stood on principle
2: is that's why she got smeared. You don't get in trouble for lying. You get in trouble for telling the truth. You get promoted for lying. You get, you get a salary increase. You get a nice car. You get a good concubine. You get steak. Peter
0: but, Dow...
1: Peter Dow spent uh 2015 and 2016 completely lying about Bernie Sanders, Cornell West, and everybody else. And now he's the campaign manager for Cornell West. Amazing. It's the most so it's because they don't you can lie and it doesn't matter. But if you tell the truth, that's what they can't forgive. That's what they can't forgive. So those people will cozy up to Peter Dow before they're cozy up to me because they can't forgive me for telling the truth. But they can forgive Peter Dow for lying.
0: Yeah, for being a paid uh, Clinton butt boy, um, and and Tulsi. Lastly, Tulsi was the only candidate last time around who stood with the 9/11 family members and called for a release of all the documents and all the information on Saudi Arabia, and um, she should you know continue to be commended for that. So, I agree. All right, Jimmy. Hey, I really appreciate your time. I'd love to have you on again, and when you come up for a show, we'll um, we'll have to uh, catch one of your shows and uh, okay. get
2: some, get some curry or something or some uh, chili.
0: <laughs> All right, Jimmy, take care, man. Hi, right, pal. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye. Right. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next time.